The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Chiefs are back on the practice field on Thursday, continuing their preparation for Sunday's game against the Las Vegas Raiders. We heard from offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, as well as pass rusher Melvin Ingram and special teams coordinator Dave Tobe. We'll go in that order, starting with Eric Bieniemy, followed by Spags. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, you'll hear from Melvin Ingram and Dave Tobe. Here's Eric Bieniemy. All right. All right. Good afternoon. Hope everyone's family is, uh, has remained safe throughout all this stuff that we've all been experiencing. Uh, it feels good to be back after a good victory. I thought our guys did a great job of playing hard and playing fast and finding a way to get ourselves across that finish line together. So with that said, I'm all ears. Eric, um, first of all, I hope your family is doing well as well. But uh, a lot of the conversation has been about the drops that you guys have had. Um, beyond just coaching the fundamentals of it, you mentioned a few weeks ago that you don't tell guys not to fumble all the time because it's all they think about. So how do you approach the drops part of that? Well, here's the thing. You go back to just what we just said, the fundamentals of it. You get guys on the jugs machines before practice and after practice, and then you just let them know, hey, it ain't like we're going to stop throwing you the football. Things happen in this league, and unfortunately it seems like we've, we've gone through a whirlwind of, of, of things that have taken place. But the thing that I appreciate about our guys is that they've found a way to overcome the adversity and stick through it together. And uh, these guys are, are, are very resilient in how they handle themselves, and they understand exactly what it takes to be at the top of their game. So they're going to continue maximizing every opportunity we step out on that practice field together. Coach, you said a few weeks ago that the Chiefs were beating the Chiefs. How close do you feel like your group is to maybe breaking through that offensively? Well, every week I feel <laughs> I feel very good. But uh, the thing is, is sometimes throughout a course of a game, there's, there's going to be some adverse situations. And here's the thing that I appreciate, you know, that I can look at and, and get a good gauge on is how our guys handle the situation. Our guys have done a great job of handling all the situations that have been presented to them. And I've told you guys this throughout the, uh, throughout the season, the early part of the season, is if our guys are doing a great job of handling those situations, those things are going to pay dividends for us moving forward. Now, we all would like for us to go out there and play the perfect game, but it's hard being perfect, especially when you're playing against the opponents that we're playing against. These guys get paid too. So, but we expect our guys to be at their best. But 
If you're not at your best, that's okay. We're going to keep fighting to achieve that goal, to get to the level of play that we need to continue to strive for. Well, you mentioned the handling situation. So McCole Hardman's snap counts over the last three games have diminished rapidly. Nine, uh, nine snaps this past week, the season low. How has he handled the, the decrease in playing time, and how do you keep his confidence up? You know what? I, actually, I thought McCole did a great job last week, and I know – he only played nine plays, but those nine plays, he played fast, he played hard, and he was productive when given the opportunity to do so. So the only thing that you continue to do is to make sure that these guys understand that every play is by far the most important play. Everything that we do, whether we're meeting and every, you know, everything that we do in that practice field is by far the most important thing that you would do. So we just need to make sure that all of our guys are on the same page and everybody's working to get better. But the kid is doing a great job of just not taking the little things for granted, and I appreciate what he's doing. I mean, you, you're one of the guys that, that hold you know these players accountable when you know when they, they go through those adverse situations, like you know the play of Tyreek last week when he you know missed the pass. And uh, what, what what is that? How are you holding these guys accountable? You know, when you have a guy <laughs> like Tyreek that you know something goes through something like that. Well, regardless, and uh, the thing is, is these guys understand that I coach hard and I coach fair. And I always tell them I'm going to be your, your, your harshest critic, but I'm also going to be your biggest fan. You know, and the reason why I coach that way, because I know what they're capable of doing. And so when those guys make mistakes, I just want them to understand that, hey, you know what? Obviously, we don't want you making a mistake. It's okay that you made the mistake. Now, what are we going to do from here on out? To, to amend that mistake. And so life happens. It's just like dealing with anything. And I tell these guys, hey, you know, throughout the course of life, you're going to experience a lot. And how you handle it is going to determine, you know, uh, what type of person that you're going to become. And so the thing that I love, and you hate to say it this way, is that we've been faced with so much adversity. But the thing that I love about it is that our guys have shown a resiliency to overcome it and find a way to get it done. And that's all that matters, you know, is making sure that we're getting ways, getting across the line together. And if you got a team of guys doing that, the sky can be the limit this season. It's funny you say, because you talked about accountable, you talked about the, uh, lack of, uh, the lack of number of players in the department. But what about Josh Warden? I know, I know when you when he came, there were a lot of high hopes. I know, I think, one, one, one press conference you talked about, the coaching staff might not be, you know, might not be doing the best. It, I want to choose my words carefully, but have, have, have you all failed Josh Warden, or have you failed you all in, in, in what we're seeing or not seeing with him uh, and the contribution that he's bringing to the team? I don't think anyone has failed Josh. Josh has been playing a number of snaps. It's just unfortunate that the ball hasn't been going his way. Josh is doing a heck of a job of blocking on the perimeter. You see him actively involved out there on the field. So the thing is, yes, we would love for Josh to have the numbers, okay? But for whatever reason, it has not happened. And so our faith and belief have not gone anywhere. We still believe in him. And here's the thing that I love about him, because this is why I know he's making the growth that he's making, is the energy that he brings every single day, all right, on that practice field or in that classroom, the questions that he's asking to make sure that he's doing the right things. And so the thing that, you know, and I'll remind you guys of this, is, you know, what we do in this, in, this build, in this building, it's all about the culture. Because one thing, 
It's not about the numbers, and I want everybody to understand that. It's not about the numbers. Ideally, we would love for everyone to have some outstanding numbers, okay? But when it's all said and done with, it's about the alphabets, okay? At the end of the day, are we winning or are we losing? Our guys are doing a great job of finding ways to win games, and that's all that matters. So he's a part of our culture. He's a part of who we are. And so winning cures everything. So to answer your question, no, Josh has been a great success story for us, and he's helping us to, to achieve the goals that we want to achieve. Andy, Andy earlier this week mentioned penalties along with the drops. Um, you guys have had more holding penalties uh, during the second half of this 12-game season so far. Is there any trend you're noticing? Is that due to some experience, obviously, with the rookies sort of understanding what is, what is correct in terms of holding? Well, I mean, Coach Heck has done a heck of a job with those guys. It's unfortunate. I mean, if you go in, around any team or around the league, you probably can call holding on everybody across the league. It's unfortunate that we've been been called, but those things happen. Obviously, you don't want it to happen, but you know what? Life happens. The thing that we just want to make sure is that we're minimizing the mistakes, all right, to keep us from overcoming the hurdles that we have to overcome. But we just want guys to focus in on the details and the fundamentals that are required for them to be great and also, too, to keep us ahead on down in distances. Coach, what do you expect out of the Raiders? I mean, their backs are against the wall. They, they, they gave up a bunch of points to you game one. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's hard for me to say Las Vegas. I was just getting ready to say the Oakland Raiders. It's the Oakland Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. So those guys will be fired up, you know. And regardless of what has taken place with them uh, throughout the course of the season, these guys are going to come out here and play their best because this is a huge rivalry game, you know. There's no uh, lack of love, as we should say, uh, for each other. But one thing I do know, those guys play hard. And... You know, watching those two pass rushes get up the field all the time and what those guys are doing in the back end. I mean, this is going to be one of those challenges for us that we just got to make sure that we're doing everything the right way to give us the best opportunity to be at our best. And when it's all said and done, well, the only thing that matters, you know, is at the end of the game, what does that clock say? Okay. Does it say Chiefs win? And if that's the case, we'll feel better about what we've done. I'm going to ask you about coaching in college, but some of your contemporaries, Deion Sanders, Eddie Georgia now, uh, Hugh Jackson is going to be the head coach down at Grandma State. How do you, of course, in the NFL, but what's that say about the play of, of black college football and, and, and some of these professionals, some of your contemporaries going down and helping build, build, that, uh, build that legacy up? Says a lot. I mean, hey, HBCUs, baby. You know what I mean? They've been around for a long time. There's been some great players as well as great students and great people who have come from those historical uh, uh, campuses. And so it's, it's great to see those guys coaching at those particular places. I'm a fan of football, so I'll be watching all of them when it's all said and done with. Mentioned the adversity earlier, and, and with adversity, it can oftentimes comes emotions and, and flare-ups. And it looked like Patrick had a little bit of that after that punt in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. um, what? How do you handle it when you know your quarterback comes to the sideline and he's a little hot like that? What's? How do you handle it? What's your reaction? Well, first of all, there's always spirited conversation that takes place on the sidelines, and you can see that throughout the course of any uh, team. But sometimes, you know, things happen where because of the competitive nature of the game, 
Guys just want answers now. Hey, I felt this. I felt that. I've... And then once that is all expressed, you get past it. But the beauty of it is, is the relationships that are built and the relationships that are established. So once you get past that, you know, hey, you know what? We could have did this or I could have did this or he could have did this. We just need to make sure that when we're on the sideline, we're not interrupting the flow of everyone else. And so that's the important thing. So, but with that said, I appreciate all of our players and all of their passion and their drive to want to be the best. That's what makes us special, and that's who we are. Hey, one, one, one quick question, if you don't mind, about um, you didn't have Andy Hack Sunday night. How did how do you feel like Corey and the guys uh, managed to fill in? You know what? I thought Corey, Coach Matei did a hell of a job. Coach Matei has been. We've been here now for, uh, what is it, nine seasons together, and I'm not shocked nor surprised with the job that he did. And he's an outstanding coach. On top of that, he's an outstanding person. You know, and that's the guys played hard for him. They went out and did a great job. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't have Coach Heck, and uh, it's great having Coach Heck back because now, you know, that, that, that uh, spirit is, is, is back in the building. But that's what happens when you have a head coach like we do who surrounds himself not only with great people, but also a great coaching staff that understands the people that they're working with. Okay? Thank you. You guys have a great day. I'm going to say hello, and I'm going to open it up. I'm ready to go. We'll get Melvin Ingram here shortly. Okay. How pleased have you been with how he's fit in your scheme and his ability to make an impact over the last month? Yeah, what's great about Mel Melvin is watching him uh, not just on the field, but in the meeting rooms, around the building, around the guys, you know, when he's not out there in a particular rep. It was evident to me that this man loves football. He's always here. He's always around. He's, with, he's not just with defensive guys. He, I mean, I love the fact that he's relational. Um, I think that goes a long way when you come in new in the middle of the season that you like that instead of kind of off on your own. And, uh, but I think he's been a great addition that way in addition to what he's been doing out on the field. Do you have any stories that maybe illustrate what you're talking about with him? Um, well, I tell you what, I, I just take notice I see on Saturday nights after we get done with our meetings that he tends to sit with a lot of different guys. He might be at one table, and then, and, and he's really good with the young guys. I've seen him over there sitting with um, Turk, Mike Dana, uh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what, if I'm them, I'd have a little pad and pencil, and I'd be all ears because um, that's when you can absorb some really good stuff. But those kind of things, yeah. We have a tendency to focus on sacks and the, the splash he plays. What do you, when you look at him on tape, what is he doing that's turning over and helping everybody else on that? He's playing angry. I, I say that to him all the time. I say, you play angry, I love it. You got everybody else getting angry too. Um, he's had a couple of plays, you know, there was one even in the Raiders game the last time where he just knocks people around. Um, and I think that's contagious and that helps us. Um, there are times, you write about the sack, that's not just about sacks, it's uh, if he's demanding a double team or if he's driving somebody into the quarterback, the quarterback's got to move his feet and then he falls into somebody else. So those kind of things is uh, are what we're getting and it's, it's, it's helping. It's helping. Does that maybe an element you guys were missing or at least needed more of? Yeah, I mean, I'm, that wasn't meant to say that we didn't have that, um, but I just think the more guys you can get like that, the better. You know, just it's contagious. I think I really do. Coach, you uh, obviously uh, Sorensen earlier in the season was struggling. He had a, he had a good game on Sunday. I know you need to get yeah. off you, but we did talk in here at the seventy-five yard interception return as well as stopping that two-point conversion. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. Now, so I was on that. You know, 
How's he looking to you? He looks great, and I'm fired up for him. I was so ha I couldn't. I was as happy as the rest of the guys. I watched that trainer glove uh, run all the way down the sideline as Dan was headed in there, and um, everybody, all of us, were happy for him. Look at it. It's, we all know it was a struggle early, but he never wavered, never complained, did his job. That's Dan. He's a pro, and I think that's why you got the reaction out of all the other guys in in feeling really good about. Dan making those two plays, and those were huge. But also to that point, obviously, you started the season, then was on the bench, but what would you, what would you tell other players who may be in that situation that's on the team, you know, the professionalism and how you handle that? Yeah, I, just exactly what you said. I mean, that's the way to handle it as a pro. And just of no, we never benched him. I mean, we moved around spots. He was still playing. I mean, he's played in every game. And along the way with all that, and we had, when we had the conversation about moving Juan in, I told Dan, I, I have not lost any confidence in you. I'll put you out there anytime, anywhere. And I wanted him to feel that. And I think the guy, our guys feel the same way. But the, the example that he set for other guys that might go through it and guys are going to go through it, I think is terrific. Without Rashad last weekend, you went with a lot of DeAndre Baker and a little less with Mike Hughes. What have you seen from Baker that got him a little bit of a larger role. Well, Mike was dealing with a calf in and out, you know, during the game, and, uh, and so part of it was that. Uh, but Bake, we say it all the time, uh, Tyron and I say it all the time, he's a gamer. Like, he, he, he looks just so much better out in, on, in game day uh, than sometimes in practice. Uh, of course, practice, he's more doing the scout team. But I was pleased with the way he played. He's another guy that plays aggressive and hard when he gets out there on game day. So that helped us. Coach, when Hitch was dealing with some injury, Nick Bolton played quite a bit, and it seemed like now that Hitch is back in the mix, he's been playing a, a, a little bit less. Yeah. Um, is that just an experience thing? or? Yeah, pretty much. So I told Nick after the game, I, when I look at the reps, I get a sheet uh, on Monday of who played what and how many reps. I'd like to get Nick more reps. We're going to find ways to do that, Matt and I. I like the fact that we've got a lot of guys playing. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, we can keep winning games and find our way into the the postseason, I think keeping guys fresh is really important defensively when you head down that road. So more guys playing is less you know, wear and tear on other guys. We're doing that everywhere, right? We're doing it in the D-line. We're doing the linebackers. Not as much in the secondary, but a little bit. But I think that'll help. Specifically, that, that's always been a thing over the years for you, defensive line. Yeah. You've always liked the rotation along the defensive line simply because no question. the fresh leg. Yeah, yeah. I believe in that. Yeah. And you, I mean, you have, to, have to have the guys to do it. So to me, that's a huge compliment to the other guys that go in, Alex and Turk and Mike and Derek. I mean, to me, because if you don't have those kind of guys that you think, if you think the level is going to drop, you're not doing as much of that. So I think it's a huge credit to those guys. A couple more. Steve, you, uh, you mentioned earlier in the year, I know we talked about communication, miscommunication earlier in the year. Because you have more guys playing now, because they've been playing more together uh, over this last five-game stretch or so, um, there was a play, I think, on, on the Sorensen interception where Tyron mentioned that, you know, Dan had a certain responsibility early on, but then Ben took the blocking running back. I just wonder how much of that is happening now where you can see the communication where you made the call, but yeah. you adjusted it on the field yeah. the correct way. It, what I call it is that, you know, I may put something in and draw it up a certain way on Wednesday, but in, if in the game it's different, they have to unwind it. And sometimes they got to make business decisions. And it may not be exactly the way we said we are going to do it. But if, if guys play off of each other, right, and you have one guy out there leading, and for us it's, it's tiring, obviously, a lot of the times. Ben's huge in that, by the way, when we're in a dime. 
Uh, and those guys do such a good job of being affirmative and assertive and doing it right away. Everybody else feels comfortable. And when you have guys doing that from a communication and a uh, leadership vocal standpoint, the other 10 feel a lot better and you, and you can get some plays like that. So Tyron, when he does that, he's adjusting sort of the whole defense, not just the defensive. It just depends on the, what you're talking about. I mean, it might just be the back end. It might be with a linebacker. I mean, Dan's in there in that dime spot at that particular time, and it just depends on what the call is. Sometimes there's no interaction for Dan with Ben and uh, excuse me for Tyron and uh, with Dan and Ben, and sometimes there is. It just depends on what the call is. Thank you. Coach, um, it, it always seems to happen after the team plays Tennessee that you know the defense they start to pick up, but. Uh, going into the season, is this what you expected the defense to look like? You know, if everyone's healthy, obviously we didn't know Ingram was going to be in and Chris yeah. been outside. But this is what you was hoping that the defense would look like to start the season if, they, if everyone was healthy. Well, I, again, I, I think it was asked that before about a, a vision for the team, and you know, I, to me, um, whatever that vision, you're always going to be working through it, like it. Sometimes it's never the way you started or never the way you thought it would be. All I really focus on is can we reduce the points allowed. Every year it's different in trying to do that. Like we might be doing it with more man one year. We might be doing it with more zone one year. We might be doing it more with three-man rush instead of four-man rush, depending on who you have. So when you asked me was if this exactly the way I thought it would be, I was hopeful that it would be reducing points. I just didn't know exactly you know, where all the pieces would be. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You just heard from Chiefs Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy and Defensive Coordinator Steve Spagnolo. Now we'll hear from Defensive End Melvin Ingram as well as Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tobe. You're thinking your role would be X. How is this compared to what you expected? This is exactly what I expected. Production-wise, too, I mean, you expected to grasp things this quickly? Yeah. What do you think's led to what you've been able to do on the field? Just being me. He's like, no, look, he meant that in a complimentary form. He he mentioned that you played angry. Where does that come from when you hit the field, and how how do you go about channeling that? That's an angry game. It's a physical game. I just go out and it's a legal way to be violent. What do you think your presence along the line has meant for the production of a a guy like Chris Jones as an opportunity to play a little bit more on the, the inside with your presence there? I don't know. Chris gonna make plays no matter where he at. I don't think he need my presence. He 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 one of them, the good ones in this league, so he gonna make plays no matter what. 
How's it been in meeting rooms and, and being his teammate? What has he? Oh been? no, it's been great. It's been great, man. We 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 have fun. We we make it fun, and that's the that's the best thing about football. If you have fun with it, then it, it's so easy to succeed in it. Let's talk about some of the wisdom you have, like their take on some of the other players. Could you share some of, you know, how you've been influential to some of the players, uh, some some of the younger players on the team? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just go out and and share what I've learned over the years through my experience and and, and through my time playing. And I guess that that have an impact. If it do, it do. If it don't, it don't. It's just me trying to trying to pass down what was passed down to me on on how to study film, on how to approach the game. And, and things like that. Nothing crazy. Why is that important? Oh, whoa, slow down, slow down. <laughs> Everybody don't talk at once. Why, why is that important to you? Did you have somebody that was, was that kind of guy for you whenever you were younger? Yeah, no, I had I had a bunch of vets when I came into the league that, that did it the right way and studied the game the right way and played the game the right way and approached it the right way. So I was blessed enough to, to come up under those guys. How sweet is it to make your mark with this team? This team has a great opportunity, particularly given the fact that there were people at your last stop who didn't believe it. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool. It's cool. I wouldn't necessarily say they ain't believing me. They knew what I was, so I wouldn't say they ain't believing me. But they they had their guys, and I ain't that situation is over with. It was just I just went over to say hi and kept moving. But it's it, it's been amazing here from day one. Like they they embraced me with open arms and, and just let me come in and be me. Mel, you you started out the season, you know, wearing number eight. You moved to number twenty four. Of course, you said it's for the late Kobe Bryant, my mm-hmm. mentality. How much of that mentality is, is still fueling you, you know, each and every day? No, it's still fueling me. It's still fueling me every single day because that mentality is a way of life. It ain't just a football mentality. It's a way of life. It's how you approach everyday life. It's how you approach your business. It's how you approach your family, your kids, everything. So it is still fueling me every single day. Melvin, you mentioned the uh, impact of veterans with, with Josh's question. I just was wondering if you could share some of the names. that have Oh, uh, Eric Weddle, Sean Phillips, the Keogh Spikes, Jerry Johnson. It's, it's, it's a lot to name. I grew up Dwight Freeney. It's a, it's a lot of them. So just being behind those guys and being able to, to take a little piece of everything from them. Antonio Gates, it's Phillip Rivers. Like it was, I came up with a lot of great ones. To, uh, to Darren's question, Spags mentioned that you know he sees you spending a lot of time with, time with some of the young guys like Mike Dana and Turk Wharton. These this young core of guys on you know, the defense, what's your kind of impressions of them and what stands out to you about them? Uh, they, they, we really got some great ones. We really got some great ones. They got a chance to be, be special in this league. And I feel like the more time you spend with them, and the more time you show them stuff, when it comes that moment in the game when you need them, you ain't worried about it because you already know. It. And from the day, first day I got here, I always knew they were special. Okay, guys. Thanks, Melvin. Yep. Go ahead. Fire away. Coach, it's seeming like you guys are going to lose Lamans for at least a, a couple weeks here. What kind of impact does that have on the unit? Uh, he's a four-phase starter. Uh, obviously, he's our starting gunner and plays a lot of a lot of good, important spots for us. So uh, we'll have to, um, you know, look and see who we have, you know, on the roster number one, and then maybe maybe t- pull somebody up from the practice squad possibly. So. Would it be Jackson to be a replacement? Or uh, it could that- be. I mean, he, he's he's definitely one of the guys that we're looking at. You know. It, you know, we'll 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 talk. We'll we'll see what that is as we go. But he he is definitely a possibility. You know, Boodle's a possibility. You know, it's going to be a corner spot. You know, if you think about it that way. I mean, you know, you could go safety, but you know, we'll see. Dave, uh, how much of the play that Byron Pringle made in the third quarter? How much of that is coaching 
He just, I mean, he knows the rules. I mean, so he knew that uh, he was uh, totally within his uh, right to be able to push that guy into the returner and, and cause a fumble. You know, and that's one of the things that the corners got to watch on the other side is that if they're trying to block, they have to be aware of where the re- returner is at all times because you could get pushed into them. And that's that's exactly it was a perfect play. He really did a perfect execution on it. Uh, you know the timing of it. If you if, if that guy is that close, you want to try to push him into the returner, and that's exactly what he did. And then to be able to come up with the ball too, that was um, icing on the cake, really. So what do you tell your guys when they're blocking for the front? Return? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, uh, you know, you you want to you want them to have one hundred percent effort, and you want them to try to finish, but at the same time, they have to be aware where the returner is at all times. They have to listen for. You know, like Peter, Peter, Peter call, and they have to see if he, if he makes a fair catch, they want to get out of the way, let him have free reign, uh, free access to the ball. But, you know, at the same time, you want him to block at the last minute, too, to try to protect and be able to get out. So there's a fine line. Is that the returner's job to tell those guys? To, uh, to communicate, yes, it is. You know, and that's why you see him pointing sometimes. You know, they want to stay alive, but a fair catch kind of kills you. you. All you can do is catch it. So you want to point, you want to do that. This way, you keep, if the ball bounces to you, you can still return it. Uh, but also, you're giving them communication when you're pointing at where the ball is coming down, you know, so they know where to block. Um, you know, we practice it, but in a game, you never know uh, exactly how that ball is going to bounce, and, and you know the the intensity of the game. The guys want to finish blocks and, and stuff like that, so that it, those things happen sometimes. Dave, you know? a really windy day on Sunday. Um, it seems like the. The on-field win, though, is sometimes different than what we see with the flags. Totally different. It was totally different. On yeah, I mean, it's not, not, not. I mean, it was, it was the same for Arrowhead, but it's different. When you see the flags blowing one way, in our stadium, it hits on the stadium and then blows back. You know, the stadium pushes the wind back across the field, so it's opposite of whatever the flags are. Yeah, when you, when you see it, so it's, I mean, it's something that you, you kind of figure out when you get, at, when you get down there on the field, but. But most of the time, we have the wind is going to our bench. This time, it was going end zone to end zone, so it was a little, little, little different. So, did the the uh, the length or the distance for where you're comfortable with Harrison? Did that change throughout? Yeah, the it does. I mean, it, you know, I'll, I'll tell Andy like after pregame, I'll tell him, you know, he might be good from 30 yard line going towards our tunnel, and he might be 40 yards going away from our tunnel, and that's that's the way it was in that game. It does change during the game, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'll continue. if it doesn't change, I don't say anything to Andy, but sometimes it changes and we communicate as the game's going on. I'll say, you know, you know, now he's good from 30 to the left and now 40 from the right, whatever it might be. So it changes all the time and um, you, know, have to, you know, have to keep up with Butker. That's why you see those guys walking on the field, you know, like when we change cores, they walk on the field and they check the win and they're going through their steps and they try to get a feel for you know what the wind is doing at that time because it changes. How difficult was that? It was it was tough. I mean, the, you know, the forty six. I mean, the the fifty six that he made. Obviously, we had the wind at our back slightly, so we were able to kick it longer. The other one, the other way, was tougher because the wind was hitting the stadium and blowing back in his face. Um, you know, and you saw it was going right to left, like on the extra point, it went up and and turned. He just didn't, you know, he didn't get started off to the right enough on that in that one kick. Specific to Josh Jackson, as a follow-up to Pete's earlier yeah. question, 
Um, what has he shown you as a former second-round draft pick uh, since he's well, we, we've, practice? Well, we've been one? seeing him in practice, and he's he, and uh, he's really good at meetings. Number one, that's the first thing we see, uh, you know. And he, he's up on what we're doing, um, and then he's um, at practice. You see him on the scout team, and he's showing up. He, you see him; his effort is there, and he's got a big body. He can; he's able to run. He's able to run with guys. So you, you, you know, you want to take a look. You know, he's a guy you possibly want to take a look at. When you have guys like that, you know, uh, high draft picks, first, second, third round, if it didn't work out elsewhere, how beneficial is it for them to come join another team on a practice squad and, and learn a different scheme? I think I think the number one thing is when you get you get cut, it kind of changes your mentality a little. You get cut, you say, why did I get cut? Well, maybe I didn't play enough harder enough on special teams there. I'm going to do that here. So they might have that attitude or. Uh, you know, I need to uh, step it up in other areas. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get cut again. Guys will have that mentality, and they'll do every, everything it takes. You want to tap into that as a coach. You know, if a guy's in that mode, so that's where we're at with him. Anyone else? Okay, thanks. 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 thanks.